0: You know, Ari, I've noticed that people very often seem to make a distinction between solving a problem uh, that involves evil versus solving a problem that involves something natural, like a a flood or a, uh, a hurricane or an earthquake even for that matter. What do I mean by that? I mean, when it comes to dealing with the problem that is a crisis situation. Here comes a hurricane uh, or an earthquake just happened and we need to make sure that the buildings are uh, retrofitted in such a way that they will minimize any damage and so forth. Uh, We're all on board with getting the actual answers for that, right? We actually deal with it right away. I brought this up in my book, Atheism Destroys. I have a scenario where uh, a general is facing two uh, big problems, one is uh, a meteor that's you know a big meteor that's heading straight for the Earth, and what can we do about it? And the general right away says, <clears throat> we, "Let's let's get all of our uh, fellow countries out there that have nuclear weapons and aim it directly at this uh, meteor. And uh, it's going to be very tough, but that'll be the answer. It'll split it apart, and uh, that way we'll save the Earth." And uh, the, his his subordinate says, "Very good, sir." And then he says, wait, what's the other thing, the other big problem that you're talking about? And uh, he says, well, the Chinese and the North Koreans have uh, invaded Japan, the Philippines, and Australia and are looking to uh, do a massive attack upon India and then eventually Europe. Uh, They've uh, already used some nuclear war uh, weapons as it is. And uh, what do you propose we do? The general says, write a very stern letter, right? That's, you know, that, that is the way... We seem to have a difference in dealing with evil, which can be just as catastrophic as a hurricane or otherwise, um, as we uh, compared to what we we might do with a hurricane or an earthquake. So, for example, if if Hitler and all the horrors that he had done came in the form somehow of a, a package of a hurricane, we would all take action correctly. We would figure out what the solution is and we would do it boom but when it comes to human evil or evil which is can only be human after all when it comes to evil we seem to not want to deal with it it's very interesting and and history shows that time and time again right We, we know that china is about to um threatened taiwan we know that uh, of course what, what hitler did we ignored that uh, what russia did with ukraine you know th- these things were all in the works and we did nothing or we pretended the evil wasn't as real as it, as it ultimately became so what's what's the reason for that why are we so reluctant to fight evil compared to our willingness to fight against a hurricane against an earthquake uh against a tsunami. You, you get the idea. Even a meteor, as in my example. What's, what's, the, um, what's the difference? Why the difference? And I think I figured it out. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it as well. But I think the reason why is that we don't want to acknowledge something called evil. We want to believe that everyone is inherently good um, that, that we don 't want to address the possibility that someone is is inflicting evil, um, there is a sense that uh, either Satan or God is is uh, involved in that, and if you do acknowledge that, if you see it as evil, people are very reluctant to deal with it what 's your thoughts
1: um, normally, I like to argue uh, your points. But unfortunately, this one, I think I am about to nuke your entire thesis.
0: (laughs) I thought you you were going to say, I totally agree with you. So I don't know what else to say. But no. okay. So how are you going to nuke my thesis? Go ahead. And,
1: And realize we're both conservative. So I don't disagree with you in end result or what we're after. I just think that there are too many examples in which A natural disaster has happened in which we've seen terrible responses as well. Perfect example is Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Okay. The response before and after was not unified, it was political, and the Democrat Party and the establishment Republicans were on the side of evil, as they always are. The answer to your question, if we were to assume your premise is, uh, your thesis is accurate. And uh, Again, I don't disagree with um, what you want. I just think there's too many examples too many of exceptions. responses yeah. to natural disasters that are just as bad as human evil disasters. Right. But that's a small point, really. The the uh, bigger thing that I think that you're getting at, the answer to the why, which is a, a great question, is because the people in so many cases that we're trusting to either inform or or do the work, or guide the work, politicians, the people in the ground in the bureaucracy and the media are evil themselves. And it's really hard to fight evil when the people who are charged with fighting evil on our behalf because it's their responsibility as leaders are on the side of evil. And that was the case in Nazi Germany, for instance, in which let's not, let's not bandy around this FDR's administration liked what the Nazis was, were doing until it became inconvenient and bad for business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that makes sense, what you're saying. I will say on the Hurricane Katrina, because that is a g- good challenge to my thesis. Uh, I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that no one denies that the, the proper response to Hurricane, hurricane Katrina or a, a big, massive hurricane like that um, is that you should shore up your levees. For example, you should, uh, you know, make sure that the buildings are, are just so. You should evacuate people. Have an evacuation plan. Everyone agrees with the how-to in terms of resolving it. Nobody says, by contrast, that well, let's go send a, 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 a team of diplomats to to uh, negotiate with a hurricane, for example. So that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Why can't they see at least the proper solutions to the problem? The fact that they don't do the solutions or they kind of you know, a, a sit on their thumbs, as it were, uh, while a horrible problem is about to hit them. That's that's that is, of course, its own problem. But I'm talking about the solutions. Yeah. And like- when it when it came to Hitler, for example, the the, the perception of the the right solution was uh, either do nothing, this is not our problem, or uh, that we should engage in diplomacy. And Neville Chamberlain goes and. Uh, and says, I've I've created peace in our time, right? So we all know that that was garbage. Um, Whereas dealing with a natural uh, catastrophe, we seem to at least know what the right solution would be. Um, And and that's kind of where where I want to explore. But you want to add a little point.
1: I want to add uh, another point. I don't mean to blow this apart entirely. One other example of this, and then I'll get to drill down a little bit more on the specifics, is, of course, um, the China virus. OK, uh, let's just assume that's a natural problem. You know, we know it's not. But the response to that was riddled with evil. You know, putting the the infected young people in rest homes that house the elderly just to kill more elderly, to prop up the numbers, to hystericize a population, to sell them a vaccine. Evil through and through. OK, let's not go any far in that because all of our listeners know this. Um, but in the hurricane realm, how about when this happens? This happens all the time with hurricanes. Hurricane happens. Water and power infrastructure is damaged or out or has some problems. Because of the laws of economics, some people see an opportunity and they load up trucks and at great expense and great danger. They drive water and ice down into a hurricane zone to sell it for a lot of money. What's the politician's response? Gouging. We have to stop the gouging. Yeah. But in situations like that, without the gouging, there will be no water or ice. Because it costs so much to get it there. You know what I mean? And they always – they respond to that way in Hurricane Andrew, Hurricane um, Hugo in the Carolinas, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Rita, every one of them. They always attack, if you will, capitalism first. They, they don't worry about getting water and ice on the ground. Right. And then one other like quick point, and this is just something we have to deal with in – advanced societies around the world that have grown this big, which is there's sort of a theorem at play that I believe, and I don't have the exact mathematical calculations. I'm sure there is an actual name for it, but it's one of the Ari David theorems, which is the larger any organization grows, inherently it's going to get less intelligent. It's just a fact of life. So if, you're, you have a, if you'll forget what sport you're playing, but if your sports team has five players, they're going to play really well and cohesively together. If you expand that number to 200 players, Eh communication isn't gonna be as well if you roll that up to
0: thousands or millions, uh they're gonna do some dumb stuff, okay. you know. I I understand, but I mean we're getting a little so bit of a far afield. Build in, I know, you know. inefficiency, but I'm not talking about inefficiencies here because mm-hmm. that would be the same issue with regard to natural consequences and, and evil consequences too. I understand that, but that's not the, the, the main import of this podcast. Uh, look, the fact that politicians politicize uh, events, natural consequences, and the response to natural consequences, that that is fully expected. But again, um, and, and this is where I'm going to dovetail nicely, I think, into our next segment of this, um, the, no one seems to deny that the right response to let's say Hurricane Katrina is to uh, shore up the levees, uh, make sure that there's an evacuation plan, make sure that there's enough uh, food to eat and gasoline supplies and so forth, electricity.
1: Use, and so, use, the, use the unused school
0: buses to evacuate people before the thing hits? Right, right, Nagin? Exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. And then, but, but like again, people politicize it, I agree. But that's, again, a little different from what we're talking about. We're, we're arguing that. People seem to know the answers when it comes to what the solutions, whether they do the solutions is another thing altogether. Okay, so now it dovetails into my next point, which is, and and this all kind of stems, this idea, this brainchild of mine came out when we had yet another mass shooting, this time in Texas, following, what, a week uh, earlier from Buffalo, and the response of the Democrats, um, not not uh, surprisingly, is that we need to control the supply of guns. We need to take back the guns from anybody who does have them. Gun control, gun control, gun control. If we if we uh, reduce the amount of guns available in society, uh, great things will result. We won't have these mass shootings. That's their solution, right? So I only wish, I mean, obviously we know that that's ridiculous. Our, our, our response is, uh, there's two, uh, and if you've I don't want to really make this about what the solutions are to, to these mass shootings. But there are, I see at least two problems with it. One is we have to deal with mental illness in America and how we house the mental illness, how we uh, don't let them go out in the streets. I think we should return to institu- institutionalization of mental illness to some extent. Uh, then secondly, uh, more guns, not, not fewer guns, more. Uh, good guys with guns are always the ones that stop. The bad guys with guns, in yeah, fact...
1: so we need armed teachers, for instance. Right,
0: yeah, at least make it available to a teacher who might want it. Uh, if if she, he or she doesn't want it, okay, fine, but at least make it available.
1: Well, if this is an epidemic... Let's go by their words. If this is an epidemic, and it's not, but if this is an epidemic of school shootings, then the natural response, if you really want to solve the problem, is to... Re- because you require teachers to do a lot of things they might not want to do, right? Like, learn their material... Um, Well, then part of a teacher's curriculum training has to be proficiency and expertise with firearms, and you must carry a firearm while you're at school, too, so you can be in a position to defend the children. And if, for instance, they require teachers to learn CPR, why? So if some student stops breathing, they can be revived. So if the same thinking is at play, the answer is so obvious— yeah,
0: right? Okay, that makes sense, I, I, I agree um, but again you don't like that solution th- yeah, no. it's, a, it's a solution, but again, the, the basic concept is arm people, whether it's the teachers or have cops on, on the school grounds in the event of somebody whatever you do, don't, don't telegraph to the world that this is uh, easy pickings uh, for some sort of lone gunman like this crazy bastard uh, who then killed 19 kids and two, uh, two adult teachers, I guess um, now, having said that uh, I think Abbott Governor Abbott correctly noted that, you know, had it not been for the police that did arrive very quickly, there would have been far greater number of victims. So it's just a, another point uh, to raise about the uh, the fact that good, good people with guns stop bad people with guns. Okay, so we know all this, right? So, but, but again, let's take their own language, this idea that we have the solution. To them it's so obvious, uh, my liberal friends and my liberal family to some extent, Um, Every time something like this happens, they come up and they come to me and say, now will you finally agree that this is the last straw? We have to have gun control. And I respond to them the same way. That's your solution. Your solution is wrong. It doesn't work. It has never worked before. And if if anything, we need more guns and explain that to them. That is not the solution, period, and stop. But that's their only focus. Now, let's, let's apply that argument to... Because, you know, the solution with, with, you know, quotes around the word the, the. why not have, uh, in other areas, we have the solution, for example, to their argument that uh, the reason why we need abortion is because you don't want to saddle a poor young mom uh, and burden her for the rest of her life with a child. Okay, well, the solution is adoption right? Giving up the baby for adoption. Two solutions. Yeah. First of all, teaching some form of chaste behavior
1: before you're married. And the other one is adoption if you have a whoopsie. Right. Those are your two solutions.
0: Right. doesn't have to be this solution. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's Those are the two options that you have. Uh, and, and they never seem to think of anything other than a, a solution that will allow them to engage as, in, in as much reckless and unaccountable sex as possible. That's what they really want. So when you argue with them about this solution of adoption, you know, to deal with their major argument that this would be burdensome to the mother, uh, they, they just put their, their fingers in the ears and, and say, na-na-na-na-na-na. Uh, so that, that's, that's a constant theme that I see in, among the Democrats. As you know, we speak a lot about themes. So here's another example, and I know that Dennis Prager would be very into this as well because uh, he brings up this point, on climate change where, you know, they, they say the solution to the uh, fossil fuel situation and, and, of course, their global warming is uh, that we do uh, electric and um, what's that? Wind, wind power, right? Well, what about nuclear power, right? They, they never address nuclear power. And to the extent that they do, they say, well, it's not safe. And then you have a response to that. Yeah, and
1: same with hydroelectric. I haven't seen any pollution from a hydroelectric plant. But what are they doing in California? They're removing, they're spending fossil fuels and energy to remove dams and reservoirs and hydroelectric plants.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That's such a great point. That's really, and it's there's the solution. If they really did – if they were serious about climate change, that's what they would at least focus on that. Maybe it will work. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will be – but at the very least, it will be a hell of a lot better than only uh, solar and and, uh, wind. So the next point, another example of the solution, right, is – You know, we have a terrible drought here in California.
1: Oh, that's part and parcel of what I just said. Right, exactly, exactly. If you you finish the California water projects and all those hydroelectric plants, you get all these dams and more reservoirs, which solve the occasional drought problem.
0: And another another major uh, solution, and in this case there are a couple of solutions like you just mentioned. Another one is Desalination. Right? That's, these plants are fantastic to have it. And, and the fact that we know the solution comes from a little country in the Middle East called Israel, which has always had a drought issue. It naturally has a drought issue. right? It's very little water. It's far less water in uh, Israel, uh, natural rainfall, that is, per year than, than in California. And yet somehow they, the Israelis, uh, surrounded by hostile neighbors, no less, are able to have no problem with water. Uh, there's no uh, restriction on the water supply. You can take your sh- a long shower as, as long as you want. They don't have public service announcement as how you should turn off the faucet while you're brushing your teeth and, and all that crap. Uh, they have desalination a- as well as other forms. But the major thing is desalination yeah, plants.
1: You could make, make the argument that the problem with water supply in California isn't whether or not a drop of rain falls in the Sierras or snow. You know or drain, rain on the on the California or so the Sierra, the problem is the California Coastal Commission and the other environmental
0: bureaucracies right. and groups yeah they were they the ones causing droughts. They would make you feel like uh, somehow like we 're supposed to be like uh, these ancient tribes from from wherever country or whatever continent right that they pray they are at their mercy of when it rains and how much it rains right and where it rains specifically. Uh, and and we, we, you'd like to think that we've gone way past that somehow with all the technology that we have. And we do have the technology, but they don't want to offer desalination. And to the extent, by the way, that you even address it, the first thing that comes out of their mouth because it's a knee-jerk reaction is, uh, well, what about the environment? What about the environment? Desalination doesn't do any. Uh, harm to to the to the environment. I actually agree with them
1: in this. Desalination should is the most expensive way of doing this. It really is. It's expensive, because, but I don't think it's bad uh, for the environment, it is, okay? And it has to be on the valuable coastal real estate. It's a much cheaper, more efficient, more environmentally correct and everything ecologically sound way to build reservoirs and dams on rivers and floodplains where the real estate isn't as valuable. So that's the reason reservoirs, in other words, for basic efficiency, if you need water Fresh water is the water you're going to use. Why change salt water
0: into fresh water? Okay. I mean, it,
1: All right. That, that, I mean? it, that, it's sort of it, – it's what well, you call that, a, you know, a point beyond the point, not really
0: – Right. It's a, it's a difference with that yeah. significance. But, but I get it. I get it. I get it. You, you get make it. a good
1: point with yeah. that. They, but they say no to everything. That's your
0: point. Yeah. We have the solution. In this case, we have a couple solutions again. Uh, to the dealings of drought, and they are instead they would rather just be at the mercy of the rain clouds in terms of when and where and how much. So I, I, that's the big problem. They they don't want to see the solution, or in this case, the solutions. Uh, here's another example: inflation, right? How how do we deal with inflation? And I'm going to get to COVID. That's that was a big deal as well. Um, inflation uh, has just been soaring, and you know they they, they want to deal with inflation. But instead of dealing with inflation, they, they, they say that the reason why we have any inflation at this point is because of this man named Putin in Russia, and that he's responsible for all of our ills. If he could, I think he would blame Putin uh, for uh, the Fed and for Donald Trump, generally speaking. Oh, wait, wait a minute. He has. Uh, he, he blames Putin for just about everything. But the solution in this case is, look, I mean, given that a lot of money was pumped into the economy— um, and in fact, that was too much. That was, that was in and of itself a big problem. And we'll talk about that in this COVID segment momentarily. But given that, uh, you've got to do something to counteract the massive amount of, uh, of money that you pumped into the system. So at the very least, don't, don't make uh, fossil fuels a scarcity, which, of course, is a great leader in, in all these price hikes. This is the major contributor of price hikes, is the uh, spike in gasoline well, the prices. The real
1: contributor is not enough people being productive within an economy, so you don't have enough goods and services.
0: I agree. I, I agree. I agree.
1: That, that, prices are a huge contributor because the price of fuel affects everything else, obviously. Okay. So and the, they have a war on fuel, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think the, the question I want to ask you is, because I'm seeing a pattern here. Um, We already – it's opened up at the top with the inability to efficiently counteract evil but a more willingness to coalesce around a solution for a natural circumstance. But do you see there's like a pattern uh, also uh, in the the gun example? Well, now are you going to ban guns? Now are you going to allow abortions? People like us, conservatives, never lured that over them even though we could. Well, now, are you going to drill for oil? That's
0: a great right? point. Yeah, okay. and that's the that's evil exactly people right.
1: People
0: resort to the well. Now, are you going to right? Do it? Well, they also meant they want to. What they want to do, because the inherent in the well, now, are you going to, dot dot dot, is this notion that we are going to force and we're going to impose something on you? Yeah. Okay. So let me let me get to the to wrap up on the inflation part of it. Uh, the, the solution on inflation is to liberate the economy. To not encourage people to not work, for example, to not interfere with the economy, ultimately, is what you're talking about. And I think that's right. Uh, And the natural supply of gas and natural gas, for for that matter, uh, is abundant in America. And in in addition to the fracking and the other technology we have to release these amazing amounts of oil reserves, Uh, but they're clamping down on that. And then they're surprised that gas prices are way up. You know, this is, it's an absurd proposition. we would like to say to them, "Well, now, are you going to release the, yeah. the 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 uh, the fuel yeah. and the, the oil reserves?" Let me get to COVID now, because COVID is such a such a great emblematic example of everything we're talking about, including the politics associated with it, right? So you have a you have a virus, the China virus, as we like to call it, and I think is accurately the, the proper name for it. Um, it gets released into the wild, as it were. Um, it was uh, a contagion that spread. I think uh, we responded to in too ridiculous a fashion. But to them, the solution, the solution was to to shut down the economy. And everyone needs to stay indoors. And then very soon thereafter, everyone needs to wear a mask. And then shortly after that, everyone needs to take the vaccine. Uh, all these mandates, of course, associated with it, all of which were wrong, all of which were counterproductive. In fact, not only, not only counterproductive, but destructive to the individual, to our mental health, uh, especially to the children, uh, to, um, to the economy in general. So that was their solution. To, to us, the solution was, first of all, let's not run around like chickens with their heads off. Let's look at the numbers here, um, realistically, as opposed to listening to an expert who claims one thing or the other that we know is just utterly false. Uh, it just can't possibly be accurate when they say that this highly contagious virus is somehow going to kill millions and millions and millions and millions of people instantaneously. Um, they were wrong, uh, and and I knew they were wrong. You knew that they were wrong, Dennis. I know we, we spoke at length. You know, only two weeks into the well, to the we, to the we, spread, we, and and everyone, and we both agreed that this was. Not only hysteria, but it, it could not possibly be accurate.
1: Right. And when I'm still trying to find Bill Gates's medical degree, because, you know, don't they when I say something, you always say, well, where's your medical degree? Where Will's, where's Bill Gates's?
0: Yeah, right. we, yeah we, so- we. their answer was always to rely on the experts, okay? And the experts in this case, at least, and I think in most cases, uh, are horribly wrong. Everything that they said uh, has, has been wrong. I, I don't think that they got a single thing right other than, I suppose, that this was a virus. That's about it. Uh,
1: And and if you're going to talk solutions, it would be so easy for us to go after all that's going on. Well, now are you just going to let the thing spread for natural immunity? What should have been done is they should have let the strongest among us get it and recover and become blocking vectors for its transmission. That's right. That would have taken six weeks and then we would have never heard of it
0: again. You know what, it's, it's very much like the way FDR responded to the uh, the crash, the, the 1929 crash, right? If we had just let the recession of 1929, which was a deep recession, I don't, you know, let's not get it wrong, but it was a deep recession. But if you just let the economy continue on as it did, instead what FDR did was he, uh, you know, injected himself and started regulating and creating well, new departments I and know, everything else. Oh, hold on. Hold, I, no, I no, no, want... Ari, let me finish my thought, yeah. okay? Okay. So so everything has to, they they want to completely redo the American society uh, in order to deal with this, what was a simple recession. And had they done so, and and very consistent with what you just said, is let the economy do its own thing in its own way. Let it heal. Instead, they kept on on picking the scab,
1: right? Well, I want to go back a little bit because I'd like to clarify this because this is a huge misconception. The crash happened in 1929 when Hoover was president. Before FDR was elected three years later... And remember, he took office four years later, they passed Smoot-Hawley, which was the exact wrong prescription for the market crash and recession. So that created a spiral of, of problems. Then, when uh, uh, FDR takes office after in 1933, then he uses the opportunity. You, you'll see. You'll start to remember uh, parallels in history. To do what you just said, which yeah. was to re-engineer American society into a Western European socialist state. Right. Uh, exactly
0: right. Yeah. So they, now- they, they wanted, but the, the whole point is whether they used it for political gain, which I do think they did. Uh, the fact is the argument that he made to the people and a lot of the people accepted and to some extent still accept in, in hindsight is that we needed to do this uh, to save ourselves from the depression.
1: Right. This will put a chicken in every pot and a roof over every head. Now look at the parallel. 2008 crash happens it wasn't obama who did those immediate tarp things that was bush okay do you see how bush and hoover fdr obama the parallel it's the exact same thing and many ways it put us right back where we are today uh in a lot of ways or, or put us on the trajectory to it but this is as you talk i mean a lot of um Past episodes come to mind: the uh, static thinking, the uh, the, the, un, the the conversations in, in, we're not having, right? The conversations yeah. we're not having, the uh, inability to digest accurate history. That's why I wanted to stop you there and remind you about Spoot hawley and how that happened first under a Republican,
0: yeah, Wait, that the, then
1: uh, set the stage to make it easier for the public to be hoodwinked by when the Repu- when the Democrat took office and he put the accelerator down on that right. stuff.
0: All I'm saying, all I'm saying, Ari, is that I agree with you that. Uh, we decided in the COVID response to respond in the same way, in an analogous way, as yeah. we did uh, it, to the what ended up becoming the Great Depression, which was indeed, uh, could have been just a simple small recession, and then got back on our feet only a year later. Right. Uh, from the 29- now, oh, hold on. Yeah. So, uh, from, from 1929. So, this, this is the way uh, of it. I don't want to argue the whole point. I'm simply coming well, to that.
1: To argue, I was going to bring up examples that are, make it even worse. Like In
0: those days, bread shortages, it's Shortages today, baby food. Yeah, what next? Okay, so uh, COVID was such a great example of everything that we're talking about. How they have the solution, and the only solution to them was closing down, and nobody cared to listen to the rest of us to say what you just said, Ari. Let natural immunity take a hold. It, we would be, uh, we would have a lot of people uh, sick and maybe hospitalized, even some dying, uh, for six or so weeks, and. Uh, and, and that would be, and and by the way, we weren't able to stop it. I mean, anyway, even with the shutdown, we know that this, in other, in other words, the solution that they proposed was as effective, if not as destructive as the idea of taking away everyone's guns and hoping that somehow that will reduce crime and mass murders and so forth. That's exactly the same thing. And they, they just never want to listen to any other solution. Their solution is always the solution. And you, you cannot transgress from it. And when you, when you respond to it, your argument is only dancing around their argument, their solution, whatever it might be. So, for example, let's take gun control again. That, the, that, that our argument should only be, well, we agree to only so many restrictions, not the, the massive amount of restrictions you're talking about. So we agree to, let's say, 70% of, of the restrictions that you're offering. You want 100%, we want 70%. That's what they think the argument is. Same thing with affirmative action uh, and, and the way to deal with uh, racial injustice, which is the next point I want to talk about. Yeah. But,
1: but uh, before you get there, but I wanted to bring up, like, and you talk about this in your books, things like, because you bring up in, in your first book that horrible example of the Montreal shooting. Yeah. Right? Where, uh, you know, some, I don't want to get into all the details because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take too long. But that's an example of an analogy of shoot one shooting versus another. or kind of an apples to apples comparison. Imagine if we went, well, now are you going to bring up prayer in school? Now are you going to teach the Bible? What about teaching kids, school kids, the story of the Bible, Cain versus Abel? So they learn evil, uh, murder is evil and don't do it. Yeah, Right? Yeah. Uh, because what we're having in this epidemic kind of Overlap in in the last few shootings is you're having mental illness, insanity, and uh, lack of values. Yeah. Right. So, what about those two things as you brought up? Yeah. And uh, notice we never go well. Now, oh, oh, how about this? How about limited Bible study? How about just Cain and Abel? <laughs> exactly. We
0: won't do Noah. C- well. Common sense Bible study. Right, common yes.
1: sense Bible study. Right. Okay. Sense so let, let's
0: let's move on to uh, Bible control. I like it. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, let's talk about the, the racial injustice, right? So the, the notion is uh, that, you know, and again, surprise, surprise, they have the solution, right? Yeah, affirmative uh, action. Right, affirmative right. action, among many other things, and, uh, you know, changing math altogether, uh, changing uh, history for that matter, lowering uh, standards. So, lowering standards. So, that's their solution when it comes to any sort of racial injustice in order to rectify the wrongs of the past. And therefore uh this is the solution. Now let's see what you have to say in response, Mr. Lurie and Mr. David. Uh and and we're supposed to dance around their swimming pool as a as a, a good friend of mine once. Call that. We're supposed to, you know, swim only in their swimming pool and deal with their arguments as they phrase it. It's and not- so, it's a question of what percentage of diversity should we have in the boardroom? What what percentage of and, and what kind of diversity should we allow uh, in in the schools and uh, the graduate schools and so forth? No, that's not the answer. The affirmative action is not the answer. It's been a disaster. It's actually. Uh, only made things far worse, as we know. It's been far um, counterproductive and, frankly, I think disastrous. It's hurt everyone for the many reasons we've already said. We don't need to get into the details of that particular faulty uh, proposition of affirmative action. But uh, just an example of how Ari, they say the solution is this, when to us, you know, the solution is uh, fatherlessness and fighting fatherlessness, for one thing, uh, not, not uh, encouraging people to go into welfare and not encouraging people to think of themselves as victims. You, you do those three things and perhaps a couple of other small things that I'm not thinking about instantly, but those three things I know uh, would alleviate uh, the plight of the black uh, American uh, citizenry, and we'd have family again. We'd have uh, far less crime. Yeah, I thought of one of the others, school
1: choice. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, education. Privatization of the schools. Yeah. I mean, you do those things, and suddenly blacks and Hispanics and poor white kids suddenly get as uh, equal or better educations than wealthy kids. Suddenly, you'll see, oh, oh, and you teach the Bible and values and have school prayer. And the next thing you know, you'll have them when they reach out. Oh, and you also don't medicate them with Adderall and clonopin and, and uh, all those ADHD right. drugs. All right. Uh, so so two, so two other and, things and I want to bring up. The next thing up. you
0: know is they grow up and they become fathers who don't leave their families. Two other things uh, before we wrap up. Uh, one is... Uh, and, and I find this fascinating, and I say this as a vegan, yes, but I, forget about me being a vegan. It's, it's more as a health aficionado. When people start talking about medical attention, right, and medical care, generally speaking, socialized medicine, everything should be free and so on. You know, how about, you know, that's their solution. It's, it's always about, you know, take this pill. Uh, You know, here's the here's the program that you should uh, follow up with your PPO plan and everything else. And here's here's uh, what your your copay should be. Uh, No. How about focusing on your health in a different way? How about how about like think about what you eat? Think about how you exercise. Think about how much sleep you get. Think about your own mental uh, health as well. These are the, the real issues. If you want to reduce the plight of uh, sickness in any country, for that matter, these are the things you've got to focus on. Instead of propping up the pharmaceutical industry, propping up the medical care industry.
1: And the fast food industry. because yeah. You know, it's so funny. I think I might have told you about this. I'm watching a Dodger game. And uh, they, they prank for a commercial in which a star Dodger player does a very nice commercial for his cancer foundation. Yeah. And, you know, give donations. We're working for a cure, all that. Next commercial is for like a Pizza Hut cheese filled crust pizza. Covered with pepperoni. The next commercial is for another thing like Arby's, bring on the meats or something. Right. And then the next commercial is from like some pharmaceutical company for their um, cholesterol drug. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, wait a minute.
0: Well, and it, it's funny, right right on the heels of what you just said, my, <laughs> right. my favorite commercial, and it was also during a, a football game, I think it was. They had some sort of uh, Pepsid one, something to, to alleviate heartburn, okay? Yeah, Pepsid AC. That's what it was. Yeah, Pepsi AC. And you see these people, you know, eating these hot dogs, cheeseburgers and bacon, you know, stuffing themselves. You know, when I'm at the game, right, the last thing I want is heartburn. And, so, and and you're yelling at the TV. You know, They're offering, of course, Pepsi is the answer, the answer, the solution, yeah. right? Uh, and, and you and I are screaming at the TV saying, how about not eating the hot dog in the first right. place? Or that particular hot dog, at least. I mean, it's hysterical. And that's, that is so emblematic, isn't it, Ari, of, right. of the way that the left will always present the answer, the solution. Yeah, a perfect, and there's no other way of looking at it. Yeah,
1: a perfect example is we knew within a couple of weeks that the people being killed by the China virus,
0: yeah.
1: other than the elderly, were the fat, right? What did de Blasio do? I'll buy you Shake Shack and a shake and a cheeseburger and fries if
0: you take the vaccine. <laughs> That's true. That is then, it's so uh, absurd. They were giving people donuts. That's <laughs> just, I don't know. And and you know what? They didn't offer me a donut. They did they did not. Yeah. Okay. One last one, one area, and then, then we should all get going. But uh, so the homeless, right? The, the homeless situation is... Truly really out of control. If you live in Los Angeles, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, pretty much any big city in, in California, then uh, in Detroit, in New York City, and all Seattle, all the, Seattle Brooklyn, Chicago. Yeah. So these are, these are really disastrous situations. But there are other big cities that don't have the, uh, in fact, even medium sized cities that don't have a meaningful homeless problem. And so, what is their solution to, to the homelessness? Homelessness. uh, Well, you know, we've got to take care of them, and these people, you know, they have their rights, and uh, they their solution is not to have any solution. That that they're okay with the homeless. There, it's a fact of life. You just have to accept them in your neighborhood, and for that matter, uh, on your front lawn. uh, And they could also defecate on your front lawn if if they like, and you get the idea. So that's their solution. I don't I don't like that solution. (laughs) To me, the solution is understanding that most of these, if not all of them, are either uh, you know, doped up on some sort of drug or another or they have a massive mental illness issue and very often a combination of the two. Okay? You have to recognize that. And it's, not only is it a blight to see these homeless tents and these people walking around, but it's also dangerous for themselves, especially the women, uh, and also for us. Who happened to go by past them? That was Washington. Oh, oh, only them, to please. see. I, I don't know why you suddenly interrupt me like this. This is this is our. This is, is what I have to deal with, Ari. He just like he wants to show me a picture. Okay, so let me finish. Let, let me finish with this. The point is, you, you could have waited for me to finish this point, Ari. So uh, you know, Ari's like he's got ADHD. You know, but perhaps he's one of these guys that does. You know, you're going to see on the street soon enough. Okay. Uh, anyway. The point is that they, they see these things, uh, uh, the, the defecation, the urination, and that's all okay. But we, they're danger to themselves. They're danger to others. And yet nobody wants to do anything about it. And the solution for this is very simple. You need to uh, have a much greater understanding of mental illness. They, they claim to, to want to understand it, but they don't really want to understand it. They're not doing anything about it. If you're, if you're not institutionalizing people who are truly mentally ill and are dangerous, then you're not doing anything about it, okay? Talking about it is cheap. But that's not the solution. The solution is to actually uh, bring back the mental institutions so that these people can be protected to some extent. Yes and
1: no. Oh, surprise, surprise. He disagrees with me. I think that the solution in this case is so many of these people are on drugs. And I just said that. Leaders.
0: I said he's not paying attention. He gets a, point, a he gets a D for paying attention.
1: Yours, which is it used to be they'd arrest these people for vagrancy, and then when they went in front of the judge, they'd say, "Hey, I have a drug problem," and they would be forced into diversionary. Treatment.
0: Fine, whatever. So that, that's some sort which, of institutionalization which is different
1: from the institutionalization, which was very dangerous. I understand. Because I understand. Which, because okay, not, what they will I want to make a very important point. You not always want to make is, a good point, of course. <laughs> which is what the left will will do if you. Allow them to have the power of institutionalizing people, which their actually work on in California, is they'll start institutionalizing
0: conservatives. They'll use it Okay, okay. Letter. That's not a bad point. I understand oh, what you're saying. Yeah. It, really? <laughs> okay, so it is some form or another of getting people uh, help, uh, you know, institutionalized help, yeah, all whether it's from too. a mental institution or a drug rehab, in, uh, you know, situation. OK, so Ari wants to talk about this photo that uh, he wants to put it. Let me describe it for you. I to
1: show it to you so you can deprive it. This was on Washington Boulevard
0: uh, near Sentinella. Well, the guy's only peeing. What's the problem?
1: Well, that's because he was only <laughs> peeing when I drove by. I know it's it's but disgusting. Look at the the brilliant camera work. I mean, the iPhone camera actually got yeah, yes, you this yes, droplet. Yeah. Yes,
0: you you are you are a genius. <laughs> no, an artist. A, you're an artiste, if you will. <laughs> uh, he he got there. he got the uh, photo. Yeah, so. Look, the, the sad part of it is it's, this is not so difficult to get such a photo these days because uh, so yeah, many people are it. doing it. It's happening everywhere. It's disgusting. I was telling Ari as we, you know, I was actually coming from the airport here to the office, uh, and just it was breathtaking how many. Homeless there are here, and and if they're not even homeless, it's just you know the degradation of the culture. These people you know walking around you know with you know kids without shirts on, some some people with bedraggled clothing walking around, kind of smacking each other. Um, it's just it's just like an ugly, ugly picture. It's not the L.A. that you thought of uh, being L.A. in the year 2022. You know when you were a kid back in the year 1982, for example. It's just not the same thing. And it's, it's a shame because we're doing it to ourselves. And the focus is, to wrap this all up, is that they perceive themselves to have the solution when it comes to every single problem. And they, they put on blinders as to the real solutions. They're always wrong with their solutions. Always. They, they, they've never been right. The left I'm talking about. They've never been correct. Uh, and as, as Ari likes to say, they, they're always as wrong as wrong can be.
1: Yeah, and they always have solutions. There was a guy about six years ago who had a solution too. Most of you don't like him
0: Exactly right. All right, so folks, uh, just think about this. You know, when when you hear the left talking about the solution or the answer, you know it's wrong. It's got to be wrong. And and always when you present the possibility of a different answer to it, see how they react, and it'll tell everything that you need to know. All right, folks, thanks for listening today. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.